You're listening to The Outfield with Eddie Robinson on Sirius XM OutCue. Major League Baseball's plate umpire and respected crew chief, Dale Scott, is on the line with us. Dale, thank you so much for spending some time with us on a Sunday. Uh, you bet, Eddie. It's, uh, it's good to be here. You know, Dale, this season of baseball is over, and we have a World Series winner in the Kansas City Royals, champions for the first time since 1985. Dale, if you were alone with your own thoughts, do you believe the best team won? Do you think they indeed earned this year's championship title? Yeah, yeah, I really do. You know, I mean, uh, baseball is a marathon. You play all those games to uh, to get the seeding, and then you go from there. They were the uh, the number one team in the American League, and uh, you know, quite frankly, they they they've been doing it all year. They they uh, they've got a, you know they got everything. They've got good pitching, good defense. Uh, they can run. They they don't they don't hit a lot of home runs, but they don't need to. They produce uh, runs uh, the old-fashioned way by stealing bases and putting down bunts and you know hitting the baseball and. Uh, and they and they did the job, and so uh, congratulations to them. Now, when uh, this is something that I've always wanted to ask an umpire. I mean, these seasons. I mean, th- the baseball season is, is so long, and I think that there've been there've been talks um, about how to actually shrink the the game of baseball. I mean, when the season is over, I mean, what are the first few things that you look forward to? I mean, are you exhausted? Are you just sort of like, you know, what I wish this can last, you know, continuously? You know, how how are you feeling emotionally? You know, when a season is over. Well, you're you know you're pretty spent, and 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 the thing about uh, about baseball is you know in September when 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 teams are trying to to, to get in the or they're in the playoff and trying to get a spot, and then in October if if you're assigned a, a postseason series, that's really you know high level baseball, and that's where you really really got to be on top of your uh, on top of your game, and this is happening, you know, uh, several months after you've been doing this all you know you know five six seven months. Uh, uh, all summer and, 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 you know, all the travel and, and the heat during the summer and everything. Yeah. It's, it's a long season, but, uh, this is the time that you have to be at your best. And when it's over, it's almost over. Um, even though, you know, you know, it's over, it's going to end here real soon. Once it's over, it's, a, it's, it's amazing how it's just done. It's just, you're finished. And, and it's, it, and after, after seven months of every, two or three days uh, going to the airport and being in a different town and being in three or four towns in one in, in cities in one week, all of a sudden you're home. <laughs> you have no, you have no uh, plane to catch and you have uh, uh, no game to go umpire. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually, it, it feels nice. It feels nice to uh, uh, decompress a little bit and, and, and get back into that swing of, of the off season. And you've adjusted to marriage life, I would imagine, right? I mean, how has that been for you? Well, that's been great. Uh, you know, uh, Mike always says it's because I'm gone half the year, so that's why it's good. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, and there may be some truth to that. I don't know. But you know, no, it, it, you know, you know what's really funny though, Eddie, is is uh, it, it usually takes about two, maybe up to three weeks uh, once your, your season's over to get fully into the swing of an offseason because you just. You, you you just you know everything's everything's different again and 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 uh, and you 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 know pick up your daily routine and 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 your daily routine for the last seven months has been absolutely completely different from what it is right now so um, it, it really does take you, it seems like you should just you know go home and boom you're, you're in the off season and everything's great but it really does take uh, a couple weeks to really kind of kind of gear down and, and get into a whole different mode. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, we're speaking with Major League Baseball's plate umpire and respected crew chief, Dale Scott. He's openly gay and has been in the majors for nearly three decades. And Dale, you've had a pretty exciting run this year with one particular game during the playoff series between the Rangers and the Blue Jays in Toronto. Game five of the American League Division Series had quite possibly the most bizarre seventh inning ever. And what was so fascinating about it was that you, you, Dale Scott, was the center of attention. And folks, if you aren't familiar with what went down during that game, let me tell you, I mean, it was about an hour of pure, unadulterated excitement, chaos, and controversy. I mean, just what did you think of that epic seventh inning in Toronto between the Rangers and the Blue Jays? Well, you know, when you're in the middle of that, all you're trying to do is your job, and you're just trying to maintain control and maintain order and get get rules right and get plays right and and, and, and go through the procedures. You know, Eddie, if, if somebody had told me right before I walked on the field for Game 5, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here you go, Dale, you've got the plate for Game 5. There's going to be a rule you haven't seen in 4,000 years. There's <laughs> going to be a, prote- a protest. There's going to be uh, a couple delays for fans throwing stuff on the field. There's going to be three bench clearings, and there's going to be two ejections. Now go get them. Now, I would have probably retired before I walked <laughs> on the field. I, I, I mean, I had things happen in that inning. Uh, that I've never had. I've never had a protest game. I've never had, uh, with a runner on base, a catcher inadvertently hitting the the, the hitter with, with a throwback to the pitcher. Right. Um, you know, I've had uh, I have had a couple instances in, in my career where we've had to stop games because people were throwing stuff on the field, and uh, you know, and and I've of course had bench clearings before, but this was a combination of a whole bunch of stuff, and ironically all in basically one inning and it was it was absolutely insane it really was and i'm wondering has has anyone reached out to you perhaps for like movies or or in some sort of like <laughs> special tv special stuff because it really was folks that kind of an inning and you know even back to that call at the plate you initially ruled it a dead ball but after reviewing the rules and discussing the ruling with the other umpires you know you confirmed the error by the blue jays catcher and signaled the score to run by the rangers i mean has anyone reached out to you about any relate I mean this it seemed as if you were watching a movie and I'm even wondering if at all during that inning were you ever concerned about your safety well uh, be honest with you no and, and, and quite frankly I probably should have been because a couple times I almost got hit uh, once by a, a beer can and, 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 and somebody threw out a, a bottle or something but it came very close but you know wow. you, you are so uh, focused on what is what, what you have to do I mean I had a a rule situation that I originally uh, uh, mistakenly had called time. I had I had it to confuse with, uh, with another rule that we had earlier this year. And and, and, and right after the uh, right after I'd done that and and, and and replayed everything in my mind, I, I thought, oh no, 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 no. This, there was no intent on the hitter. There's no intent. Everything's good here. That ball's live. And so, you know, as part of the process that we have to do and that we should do is when we have something like that, we get the entire crew together to make sure we're all on the same page uh, and what we're going to do about it. And then uh, when, when John Gibbons, the, the Toronto manager, said he wanted to protest, well, that, that sets off a whole other slew of events. If you have a, a protest, once again, you get the crew together to make sure this is what the protest, do we have the ruling right, because you never want to lose a protest. You don't mind taking a protest if you know that you are correct in the ruling, but that's what we were trying to do. So then, so I had to talk to the crew. I had to go on the headphones and talk to uh, 
uh, a replay to do a, a rule review, which is now the process if there's a protest the game. And then I went over to John and told him, you know, you know what was going on. But this whole this whole thing was all happening while we had just scored the go ahead run uh, for the visiting team, and people were throwing stuff on the field. And there, I mean, it is total mayhem. And and all you're trying to do is maintain calm within yourself and do the steps that you have to do to make sure this game is officiated properly, and then move on. And 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 I and I applaud the crew. The, the entire crew did an outstanding job of, of keeping calm. Uh, in what was not a very calm situation. And it sounds like this could be an educational tool for you. I mean, I'm sure people have reached out to you, perhaps even Major League Baseball, you know, in bringing up newer umpires, the importance of learning and knowing the rules. I mean, here's an, a, a great example where you didn't realize that, you know, you wouldn't have even wanted to pull this out if you had to. But it's a great well, example. You know, well, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what's funny is, is is that you know six umpires there. Uh, um, none of us had ever had this play happen in wow. a game uh, in, in the major leagues. I had it once happen with nobody on base, which it's it's just nothing. Um, uh, and and one of the guys had it happen in the minor leagues, um, but that's how obscure and uh, rare that this uh, something like that happens. But you know, the rules are in the book because somewhere down the line that happened and that, and they had to make a rule about it. And, and so, uh, you know, that it was, it it was in there for that reason, but it, you know, you have so many things that you're thinking about and you're all trying to do it uh, under the constraints of, you know, the media and the crowd and everything. And and you just need to really uh, block that out and talk to your fellow umpires and just make sure you go through it step by step because you don't want to, you don't want to mess this up. There has been really some just very just bizarre incidents that's happened this past year, even with the World Series and the the TV blackout coverage. It's just been really kind of fascinating. Um, There's a certain amount of swagger, Dale, that umpires hold within um, during games. And it's obvious, you know, that there's like this sense of control and on some level, even domination while officiating, you know, delivering a call at the plate, your call is really the deciding factor of a team's loss or victory. And I remember asking this question to Dave Pallone, um, you know, about swagger. You know, he's been on our show. Um, it's been a while now, but he was talking about uh, the swagger of an umpire and that he said that he knew the minute that he'd step out on the field uh, that he was indeed in control of the game. But it was not until after the game was over that he felt that he lost a sense of control because he had to hide the fact that he was gay. Um, how has it been for you now in correlation? It's been about a year since you've sort of quietly revealed to the remainder of the world that you are indeed gay. You know, are you feeling a bit more confident? Uh, are you walking a bit taller? Is there a more bounce in your step nowadays? Do you have more of a pronounced groove in your step? How's your swagger? now compared to when on some level still had to keep things under wraps, though you were out to a limited number of uh, colleagues. Um, how is it? How, how, how are you feeling right now? Well, I, I feel great. Uh, the, the, the year was, was outstanding. Quite frankly, it was, it was pretty much what I thought it would be, although no, no, not really knowing until I went through it. But mm-hmm. it, the entire year I had, I had uh, three players, one base coach and one trainer, come up to me individually, privately, and just say, congratulations, and, you know, I'm really proud of you, or, or that type of thing. That was it. Basically, 
quite frankly, it was business as usual. And, and, and you know, everybody uh, uh, treated me just like they treated me the, the season before and, you know, said hello and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But now, one thing that I did feel that was uh, something that I, I, I really didn't think about at the time when I was coming out last uh, December, but, uh, but uh, you know, when I was on the field, there were times that I thought, you know what, <laughs> You know, everybody, everybody here, everybody watching this game could just Google my name or something and, 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 and know that, that I'm, you know, that I'm a gay man. And, yep. and that was a strange feeling from all the previous seasons before, because uh, a very, very, very few people know, you know, only a couple of people maybe that were, uh, that I worked with, or, or if I had some friends in the stands or something. So, so that was a really uh, kind of empowering thing in a way, but but also uh, uh, at first almost frightening because it was so different from what I've been doing for 29 years. And it's interesting because I'm wondering, even recently there was this report out about Lenny Dykstra hired uh, spies to help him blackmail uh, gay umpires and other officials. You know, had that even popped up on your radar even no, when this no, would, had I, happened? Allegedly? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I, I, uh, you know, I mean, when, before I was out, there was always, you know, like any uh, gay person, you knew that, you know, some somewhere, some some, you know, somewhere at work or some friend or some relative or something may find out mm-hmm. through a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's always uh, that's always uh, out there. And so by coming out, you know, I didn't have that fear anymore. But I never really lived. I mean, I never that that fear wasn't real prevalent. I mean, right. it wasn't like I was scared to death before that. It was just you knew it in the back of your mind that, you know, someday something may come up and 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 then you just have to deal with it. But but uh, that, that certainly is uh, it, you know was gone. It was just it was very empowering to know that uh, you know that it was a. a <laughs> I, I just feel like it was a small step forward in all these uh, steps that people before me and people after me are, are, are taking to you know, to get to where we want to be. And we've, we've made so many strides in the last several years. And, you know, obviously, obviously the marriage equality thing was huge and the Supreme court rulings and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. And, and, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm very proud for our community and I'm very happy that it's going in the right direction. And quite frankly, again, Eddie, I, I told you this last year or last time we talked or, mm-hmm. but uh, someday this will not be a story, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's, you know, the way it should be. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting really close. And I wanted to find out, I mean, has the atmosphere changed in your mind? You know, has homophobia within Major League Baseball gotten any worse or better off? Remember, I mean, there was this incident with the New York Mets, of course, with Daniel Murphy and that whole fiasco with the comment saying, you know, the gay lifestyle. And uh, I, we were talking about this on the show previously about how sport, gay sports fans are like cheering for the Mets and then had no idea, you know, here's Daniel Murphy bringing him to the playoffs. It's like, oh. Uh, you don't know what to do. You don't know if you should cheer for the Mets or just say, Daniel Murphy, we hate you. But um, the one incident of the New York Mets was this kiss cam. And I definitely want to find out your thoughts on that in the wake of them ending its kiss cam stunt that featured players on the kiss cam. Um, and then they basically stopped it after some fans complained that the stunt was homophobic. You know, I walked away from this story at first thinking it was no big deal. It's lighthearted. You know, I went to go get a drink of water. But now it seems to be resonating with me mentally, Dale, in the sense that subconsciously this could actually be fueling homophobia loosely. For instance, we had openly gay marketing exec Matthew Schulte of the Kansas City Royals on our show. I I believe you know him. Um, I asked 
if their stadium does kiss cam and the kiss cam stunt where players kiss and he told me of course you know it's a hoot you know lots of fans laugh they giggle it's something that's meant to be funny and humorous but when i asked him if kaufman stadium would ever consider putting you know putting up on kiss cam two real life guys who are in a relationship kissing on kiss cam before i could even get the question out of my mouth dale schulte's like no Absolutely not. The ballpark is not ready for something like that. It makes, you know, it just really makes me wonder that, you know, there just might be other teams and other ballparks out there with that same kind of dynamic. So subconsciously, do you think certain things are happening that can actually sort of fuel this unintended homophobic (laughs) attitude? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I think uh, in, in, in several ways we've made strides. Other times we're making little baby steps. And, and you know, uh, the, the Kansas City market may not be quite uh, ready for it versus the uh, L.A. market or the San Francisco market or, or, or uh, you know, something like that. I, Got it. I, I, um, I, I don't remember what uh, ball club it was this year. I, I can't remember. I, I want to say it was either San Francisco or, 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 or the Dodgers when I was there. They did a kiss cam where they had uh, two guys. Now, I, I'm not uh, 100% sure it was one of those two because I've been to several ballparks this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Dale. Well, Dale, you're yeah. right. It was at yeah. the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, okay. That okay. that happened. Uh, t- it, that was, I think, in May, if I'm not mistaken. But, but yeah, it has happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I think, you know, in, in a market like Los Angeles versus a market like Kansas City, I, I think there's probably we're, we're still taking baby steps in some of these markets. You know, to, to answer your question, homophobia, you know, I, I – I was never really, um, you know, had uh, uh, homophobia and MLB thrown in my face uh, before I came out, and I certainly haven't had it since I've since I've been out. Is, is there homophobia in, in Major League Baseball? Sure, there is, uh, just like there is in all all parts of society. Uh, but I do believe, uh, certainly in, in the career that I've been in, in almost 30 years, thir- uh, well, it has been 30 years uh, of, uh, in the big leagues. I do believe that uh, it is much better now than it used to be. Are we there yet? Again, no, we're not, but uh, we're a long ways from, from, you know, if we, from where we're at. Sometimes I understand we want it, we want it yesterday and I get that. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, we should be very cognizant of, of the, of the, uh, the way we, how far we've come so far. And, and, and I, and we're all going in the right direction. I, I'm really, I really believe that. So I think, uh, you know, we'll get there. As an umpire, Dale, what's been the most challenging aspect of your career? Oh wow! Well, you know, um, <laughs> I forget who said it, but the, you know, it's it's a type of job where you have to start off perfect and then improve. Um, <laughs> so that's a, that, that 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 can be a, a, a bit of a uh, a tough thing to do. You know, it, it, the challenge every day of walking on the field, never knowing what what could happen. You know, uh, case in point, that playoff game I had that. Um, you never know what can happen, but 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 knowing that you're you're going to give it your best effort to do it as best as you can to call it fairly and 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 and, and get as many calls and pitches and plays hopefully 100 percent, but it, it, you know try to get everything and strive to get everything right. It's a challenge every day, and and uh, that being aside, something off the field is just the travel, the the the, the, the travel, and the amount of travel that we do in a, in a compressed uh, 26 weeks um, is. Borderline, borderline insane, really, at times. Right. Um, and that can be, at times, that can really be a challenge. Well, we certainly hope that you do this three more decades. We've got Dale Scott here, folks. <laughs> Dale Scott, Major League Baseball's plate umpire, respected crew chief. You know, I mean, 
would you consider perhaps even broadcasting, you know, at the end of the day, once you're ready to just kind of like say, you know what, I'm done. You've done some work actually in radio, if I'm not mistaken, but would you consider, because you've had all these consistent um, calls with regards to the strike zone and the whole thing. And then when that could possibly get old for you, perhaps you might want to look into broadcasting. Has that ever popped into your mind? Uh, you know, people ask me that all the time, uh, probably because, you know, I, I did have a radio career uh, before I got into baseball, but, you know, to be honest with you, when, when I'm done umpiring, because broadcasting baseball, you're going to, I would have to travel. I would have to travel. Uh, if nothing, you know, I, I mean, uh, I just, uh, I don't, I don't anticipate that happening. I'm not ruling anything out, but I, I, uh, I could see myself maybe just, uh, uh getting out, only traveling places that I want to go, like, uh, you know, Oregon football games and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, go to Europe or something, but, uh, to, 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 uh, <laughs> to go, you know, three days here and three days there and three days here, just like the, the teams and the umpires, uh, as a broadcaster, or even just half a, half a schedule in one city. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be happening. Don't don't miss the The outfield. outfield. Sundays, 11 a.m. East, 8 West on Sirius XM LQ.